Welcome to The Sugar Science. I'm Monica Wesley for The Sugar Science, and I have the distinct pleasure with speaking with Dr. Bart Rope at the City of Hope. He is actually at the City of Hope here in Los Angeles, and he is the City of Hope's Chan Soon Shang Shapiro Distinguished Chair in Diabetes at City of Hope and Director of the Wanek Family Project for Type 1 Diabetes. Thanks so much for talking with us. Pleasure, Monica. I want to just sort of dive right in and ask you uh, and really just sort of uh, celebrate the fact that you have done a lot of work in 2020, even though we were all sort of hobbled by the pandemic, you managed to get quite a bit done uh, over at City of Hope. And I wondered if you want to expound on what made all that um, research possible. Well, it's true that the year that for most has been the worst ever has been my best year ever and I'm still have to get my head around it, but it, it is, we're kind of uh, enjoying the culmination of a, an investment that the, the Wannick family um, uh, made possible a couple of years ago by starting a project that is aiming to cure type 1 diabetes. It's a very ambitious project, a six-year project, and we're now in starting year five, and that is exactly the year that we are transiting from, you know, translating what we have discovered into do new uh, trials based on that new insight. So that's kind of explaining why we have uh, such a splash now. Yeah, I, I think it's been amazing that they've invested, the Wannick family has invested so much in this um, effort and has been so supportive of um, your mission. And so we really, uh, in the diabetes community, give a shout out to them. Thank you so much. I do want to talk about the nature reviews um, in endocrinology that came out in December 2020. This was kind of, this is a really great review. And um, you really just came right out and said it, that immunotherapy might be sufficient, insufficient to cure type 1 diabetes mellitus. Yeah. B-cell therapy might contribute to reducing B-cell immunogenicity and islet autoimmunity. Can you comment on the paper? and? And um, I love the I love its snappy title, type one diabetes mellitus as a disease of the B cell. Do not blame the immune system. Yeah. Well, first I have to have a disclaimer because I am an immunologist and I, I don't want to blame the immune system. But to be quite honest, um, this is a very very important new insight, and it's not just us. There is many people around the world that found bits and pieces, and we try to connect the dots in that paper to just get a unifying, unifying idea what what to do. And, and it's partly based on the notion that all the immune interventions had partial effects. They sometimes delayed it a little bit in some, but it usually wasn't a, a durable effect. So, um, and, and if we now start to understand that what really is happening, which is the beta cells provoking the immune system for different reasons, then actually what the immune system is doing is actually with good intentions. It's responding to distressed tissue as it could be infected by a virus or it could be becoming a cancer. And I, as you know, Monica, I contend that the immune system of people that, of the, with diabetes is the best immune system in the world. It's the immune system that cancer patients are craving. That's the immune system that is incredibly diligent and surveilling all the time to look at tissues with problems. And beta cells have a problem. Beta cells are the hardest working cells that we have in our body. A single beta cell can produce up to a million insulin molecules in a minute. That's yeah. daunting. So no it wonder is. it gets stressed and no wonder that the immune system is keeping a close eye on what's going on there in those islets of Langerhans. So I think if that is 
true, then it would explain why immunotherapy alone wouldn't be enough. You would also have to take away the provocation of the immune system, which is putting beta cells at ease, as I tend to say, make islets happy again. And we have also growing insight that that is actually true. And it has been the, the, the trial, the verapamil trial, uh, where, where we are treating um, metabolism, not the immune system. And probably what you need to do for a perfect storm to treat type 1 diabetes is do both. So make beta cells happy and at the same time correct the immune system. But don't blame it. This is the immune system that actually protects us from getting cancer and COVID. So we better count our blessings and not, not bombard it into submission, but negotiate with it. I hear you loud and clear. I think this is a really, um, really well illustrated in figure one in this Lancet paper. Uh, you know, it's uh, entitled Immunoregulation in Health and Immune, Immune Dysregulation in Cancer, T1D or Immunotherapy. And it really fleshes out the whole um, paradigm here very effectively, I think, when you look at it you can really see that um, exactly what you're saying, that, that you know, it, it's, it's not really the, the beta cells, but rather the immune system doing its job. Well, the cancer studies actually closed the loop. And that's why uh, my decision a few years ago to join City of Hope, because you know, it's the National Cancer Institute, um, is the place to learn from my, my cancer colleagues. And one of the more recent uh, observations is that successful anti-cancer therapy by what we call checkpoint blockade, which is kind of releasing the handbrake of the immune system to unleash an immune response to the cancer, yeah. uh, uh, causes type 1 diabetes in, in quite a few cases. So that really actually puts it one in one with successful anti-cancer therapy. So you can reverse it, right? You can now also learn from cancer how to avoid an immune attack and infer that upon islets. So we're really trying to move in both, in both directions, trying to learn from cancer. For example, the personalized medicine, which as you know, is common practice now in cancer. And we have just come to appreciate, although patients always knew it, that every patient is different. So that there is not going to be one magic bullet that will cure everybody. We need to really first learn exactly what is this type of disease in this person and then find the right therapy. And, and then of course, understanding from cancers how to escape an immune attack, because if we could offer that to islets, make my day. And then on top of this, if, if immunotherapy has been the breakthrough in cancer therapy, so I can definitely learn from my uh, uh, friends at the cancer center, how to translate those therapies and make them safe for use in type 1 diabetes. And that's basically in a nutshell what I've been doing in the last few years. Well, I think this, you know, we celebrate the whole, um, the idea of, of cross collaboration and learning from other fields. I think it's, there, there's so much um, to be gained there. So um, that's right. That, that's the sugar of science, super science signature, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and looking across dis different disciplines. And I, can I just say, it is not meant to, but but th this is a unique niche that, that you found where, where I'm learning from the neurobiologist that you were featuring recently and, and understand, you know, because nerves too are important in, in islets to work. So there's so much that we don't know. And that's why investing in, in basic research is still essential to design the best therapies to stop the disease. Totally agree. 
Well, with this, with this new um, sort of paradigm and the review that uh, you know brought it all together, where you know where are you now? So this, we've got a couple really great papers. Uh, well, you've got you had a, a really great uh, press release, a, the the Lancet paper that came out May fifth, twenty twenty, talking about the um, the inverse vaccine. And then you've got uh, a paper in January 2021 uh, talking about uh, treating, uh, you know, the gut of type one diabetes patients uh, with FMT, fecal uh, yes. microbiota transplantation. So, can you t talk a little bit about those new um, approaches? Yeah, those those are actually kind of uh, the, those those clinical trials are actually closing the loop. Eh? That's the culmination of that new insight. So, with virtually all the immunotherapies until today uh, suppressing the immune system, posing a risk to the patients that they might develop type one diet, uh, develop uh, cancer, sorry, or other diseases. We we actually thought, can we negotiate rather than suppress the immune system? And for that purpose, we designed what we call an inverse vaccine, just to make it a little better understood, because we are teaching the immune system not to attack, but to leave islets alone. So it's the opposite of what we're trying to do at this stage with COVID. Um, but what we're doing actually is something that also protects from COVID, which is vitamin D3. So we take cells from the patient, immune cells, monocytes for the aficionadas, and we culture those in the lab, in the clean rooms that we have here at City of Hope, with vitamin D3 and some other goodies. And this is really the magic bullet. So how sweet can it be that you just take a, a nutrient that we know has an impact on development of type one diabetes, certainly in infants and during pregnancy, but that we can use that and, and re-educate the immune system. And the same happens in with COVID. The, the problems with COVID is too much of an immune response and vitamin D is one of the um, uh, things we can do to defend ourselves, to build a stronger immune system, cutting the rough edges. You don't want too much of it. You just want just enough of it. And that is what we're trying to uh, recapitulate with the, 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 the cell therapy. But what we do in addition is that we, we load those immune cells with a piece of the beta cell, pro-insulin. And, and, and insulin, as you know, is what makes the beta cell unique. And with that, we actually designed what, what, what I favor most, which is a targeted therapy. It's targeted in two different ways. First of all, the vaccine is a beta cell vaccine, right? So all you do is suppress the immune responses to the beta cell. And you don't touch responses to cancer, COVID, other vaccines. That's exactly what we have shown uh, in that study. But at the, on the other hand, we also inject that uh, intradermally, which is a difficult word for so under the skin, on top of the pancreas. And what happens then is those cells, uh, the, who, which are the directors of the immune response, the dendritic cells, they actually migrate to the tissue where you want the action. So you, we don't inject it systemically, which what we often have to do with some of the immune suppressive drugs. We actually inject it where it's needed and only where it's needed. So, and it will only act on the responses that we deem um, undesired, unfavorable. So with that, we have the very first step in negotiating with the immune system, don't bombard it in submission, don't blame it, take advantage of it. You have the best immune system in the world to fight cancer and COVID, we better take it, take advantage of it. And 
the results are really striking if i if i may jump into that monica because not only a phase one trial as you know is built to show safety and efficacy and that's the critical thing we don't want to cause harm to patients yeah and of that course study it was, was safe that study was published in may that uh nine yeah. patients who had T1D for up to 10 years were given the inverse vaccine and they were monitored for six months and the intervention was shown to be safe. So you have already covered the safety, correct? Yes, but I will actually take it a little further since I owe you for providing this platform, Monica. So, so now we are three years further, right? And one thing that I it gives me goosebumps I'm speaking about this because what we had not envisioned because in a phase one, you treat patients that cannot really benefit, right? To avoid... Um, uh, coercion and so forth. Yeah. And these patients had disease for more than a decade, 12 years on average. And three years later, they are all time low in their HbA1c. They have HbA1c's of 6.2%. Uh, and, 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 you know, our stakeholders know, know what that means. It means no complications, yeah. no complications, no yeah. hypos. I mean, that is an, an unexpected clinical benefit that I hadn't counted on. And I must be quite honest there. And we owe it to the patients that they dare to jump into a first-in-man study because we even jumped mice, right? As my fans know that I think mice can be a distraction. They can be guiding, but they can also be misleading. And I want to cure patients. And what happens here is we got approval from the EMA uh, that we could actually, the European FDA, to, to actually test this in, uh, in man first. And, and lo and behold, it was safe, it was tolerable. We could predict that it's your own immune cells. It's vitamin D for crying out loud. Uh, and what we're doing now in the new trial that just got approved by the FDA is that we're inviting patients between one and five years of disease because the probability that they will have more beta cells to be preserved and produce more insulin are far greater. It's still a safety study because I also want to prove that we don't accelerate the disease, yeah. but we also have the chance now to measure whether we can actually rescue that and, and protect the beta cells and preserve insulin production. And, and so this is a kind of transition to phase one, phase two. We can now only ha also have the chance to look at, does it also actually um, uh, help us fight uh, type one diabetes? But as I mentioned, the early signs from the phase one trial in Europe, surprisingly already give hints in that direction. I cannot say how grateful I am for the bravery of the, the patients, but also for this outcome. Can I just ask, it, so it's the same protocol then initially, or the original study was patients received two shots one month apart, and then yeah. they had, um, you yeah. know, uh, check in with the with researchers regularly for two years. Is that and that's so, the same. And, and how similar does that sound to COVID? Right, prime boost to really teach it. We just first have to introduce our new strategy, and then a few weeks later remind them. So nothing new under the sun, except it is the complete opposite. That's why we call it an inverse vaccine. We're shutting off an immune response selectively rather than shutting it on against COVID. So that's why. Inverse vaccine is probably the best way to to market this uh, uh, new strategy, but very exciting and 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 promising. But it's still early on. Eh? We have to bear in mind that you know we have to make slow steps, not to make mistakes. But for me, this is um, a, a giant leap because this is the first step that we don't suppress, but we negotiate with the immune system. 
Yeah, it's a new, it's, it's very exciting. And we're really looking forward to seeing how it does progress. And uh, we'll be, you know, sharing that with our audience as, a, as we get more information. Can you turn, um, change gears for a little bit and talk about the, um, this uh, paper that came out in gut January, 2021, you know, just right this month, the fecal microbiota transplantation halts progression of human new onset type one diabetes in a randomized controlled trial. And again, a, a great collaboration between uh, Milan, the Netherlands and City of Hope. Yeah. Um, how, what's going on there? Yes, so diabetes research goes global, just as uh, my sponsors, the Wannick family, uh, the founders of Ashley Furniture. Yes, that is, that is, um, that is showing that you need to, uh, as we say in the Netherlands, look longer than my, my nose, <laughs> the length of my nose. You have to collaborate with other disciplines. And, and this yes. is a multidisciplinary approach of a friend of mine that saw some striking unexpected observations in Amsterdam when he did let's let's just not beat around the bush a uh, poop transplants because that's what it is uh where where the 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 type 2 diabetic patients or patients with a metabolic syndrome actually uh remitted so their their symptoms disappeared or or declined so and he he said bart you work on type 1 shall we try and there had already been some some thoughts that our intestines that harbor, uh, you know, a hundredfold access of bacteria than we have cells are important. Eh? Our gut is the largest immune organ. And at any given time of our lives, about 90% of our immunity occurs in the guts. So not surprisingly, in the guts, um, there is uh, a negotiation between our, our friends in our in our in our intestines and and the immune system, and uh, in the old days we called we we would think of oral tolerance. So imagine everything you eat, um, you don't respond to. That would be a disaster if we would. There are cases where you do, for example, celiac disease, um, but but you know it is an important uh, barrier where we where we learn how to deal with with foreign substances. Now. In the cancer field, we have some really remarkable observations that your chance to respond to immunotherapy is, is, is related to the bacteria you have in your intestines. Even chemotherapy, the chance for you to respond um, properly is partly uh, determined by the bacteria that we carry. So that's why we. I, I was trying to beat around the bush there because I think that it's too complicated. There is you know, zillions of bacteria in there. Yeah. But I thought, you know what, if we do this and it fails, I will never have to look into this again. I can ignore <laughs> it. And lo and behold, which is not a bad, you know, not a bad position because at least it avoids um, that, that the self-fulfilling prophecy. So I was just saying, okay, let's do the ultimate experiment. Let's just do a transplant of all those bacteria and see whether we can change the course of events. <laughs> Lo and behold, yes, we can. So it's it's just mind-boggling because if you look at the figures in that gut paper, you will see that the patients that got uh, their own poop, by the way, after we completely cleaned up the intestinal system, they make the same or more insulin than they did at diagnosis. And these yeah, are human fascinating. beings. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and this is as good or better than some of the B 
biggest hammers that we have tried in type 1 diabetes, some of the heaviest drugs suppressing your tiny immune system. At best, it, it slows the decline, but we still saw less insulin being made a year late. And now what we do, it's not, not, not just immunotherapy, it's basically a kind of, you know, with your car refreshing the oil, if you wish, that actually is resetting the immune balance. And it, 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 it's showing different things. It shows that, yes, you can make more insulin. So, yes, you can reverse the course of events. And it doesn't have to be a big hammer. Of course, I'm not going to promote everybody to do poop transplants. But the truth of the matter is, it's proof of concept. This will point us to certain bacteria that might have uh, lactobacillus, the archimonsias. There is families of bacteria. And what people often forget, it's not what we eat, but it's what the bacteria in our intestines make from our food that provides essential nutrients. And one of these is gamma butyrate. I also did a quick trial uh, last year to see whether even replacing the gamma butyrate would do it. That wasn't uh, effective enough to my liking, but it does show that you can manipulate the content of your intestines, uh, which you can actually also do by dietary intervention. For example, gluten low diet does the, the very same thing and is incredibly effective in preventing diabetes if you take less during pregnancy. So for your child, uh, for your newborn, you can really uh, you know, change the, 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 the prospects of developing type 1 diabetes by doing that. So this is again fitting perfectly with our latest insight that we now tried to, to, to summarize in, in the Nature Reviews paper, where we say, listen, it's the dialogue between your immune system and your uh, islets and the intestines. So it is, you know, we, we, it's a more holistic view at, 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 at patients and at the disease. And of course, in hindsight, it had to be something like this, right? Why was it yeah. so complicated? You know, it is a very yeah. complex system. But the fact that you can manipulate it favorably is the take-home message of this uh, fecal microbiome transplant um, experiment. It is, it is the weirdest thing I've ever done, to be quite honest. I really, where we have to show the deepest respect is that the patients that participated, because in this case, it was newly diagnosed patients. Yeah. And imagine oh. you get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and we say, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's do a poop transplant. And half of them got donor poop and the other half got their own poop. Uh, so it, 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 it's, it's just showing you know, the, the altruism that people have with this disease to try to make things better, not just for themselves, because I don't think people had uh, much hope that it would work, but to understand what's going on. Yeah, and, and, and at a deeper level. I do think, you know, there is a company uh, just outside of Boston called Fractal, and they've done some very interesting work where they almost, um, they do a, uh, after following, I think it's um, following um, gastric bypass, they do a, sort of a, a hot water mediated, you know, kill off of the, of the bacteria in the gut, the lower gut, and then they reseed it. It's been very effective with type 2 diabetes. So removing is one part, but of course, recolonizing with yes. the good guys, that is the real trick. And there's companies in San Diego that are very far ahead with, with cancer, because if we know that the chance to have a benefit depends on your 
your friends in your gut, why not uh, make it more favorable for cancer therapy? So this is a huge potential and, of course, a fantastic market. And biotech is jumping into this uh, to understand what bacteria are favorable, which ones are unfavorable, and then to see whether uh, with the combination of that information we can uh, reset uh, our largest immune organ, our guts, to 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 you know to to get in shape for uh, uh, dealing with cancer and diabetes. I mean, I would just extend that. I mean, just to uh, you know those who are listening from EPIDA, um, the pancreatic transplant uh, surgeons uh, group. That you know, even this could be considered potentially considered for um, use during a pancreatic transplant uh, surgery, right? Because that's yes, absolutely. Use- and 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 I'm also glad you bring our friends, uh, our islet experts, in there because I keep forgetting that the pancreas is an intestinal organ, and 99% of it is actually dealing with digestion of our food, and and we have. Um, uh, you know, prophets like Ole Korsgren uh, in in um, in Sweden, who believes that it could be some bacteria from the gut that enter into the pancreas that could partly um, increase the the burden and the stress on beta cells, and and that is definitely a possibility, at least in some individuals. Uh, enterovirus, the name entro also means it, it kind of comes from from there. Um, are a candidate in some other patients to be a risk factor. And those bacteria, those viruses, they live in, in the intestine. So, yes, there is, um, it is kind of, you know, we, we, we're getting it now. We're getting that it's more complicated. That's a bit, a bit discouraging. But it also finally allows us to be more precise in targeting our therapies. Yeah. And, you know, probably we'll have to do different things in different people or a combination of things in some others to have the perfect storm to change the course of events. But how weird is it that you can basically have such a clinical benefit with something that was not looked at as immunotherapy, namely replacing the bacteria or or just freshing it up because the autologous uh, stool was actually better in our case. That doesn't mean that it was because it was autologous. It could be just a chance. These are small studies, so you have to bear in mind we're still learning. But it looks like, and I as an immunologist, that makes it a little bit more exciting to me. I can predict by reading the blood, looking at the immune signature, who will remit and who will progress. So it does show that the immune system, the islets, and the intestines, they have a kind of menage a trois where they try to you know, balance you. And it's all about balance. And I, I'm probably preaching to the converted for most of the listeners, but for me, it was still an epiphany that, that you know, you can actually manipulate it anywhere around, either from the beta cell perspective, as for example, our friends in Boston are doing, that Melton and others, from the immune perspective, which I'm doing, and from the gut. Uh, so, um, uh, plenty of opportunity and I think we have started a new chapter in not only understanding the disease but also trying to be smarter in, in designing more acceptable therapies than poop transplants to, to offer to our patients. Well, we appreciate all you are doing and I would say that uh, maybe perhaps uh, type 1 diabetes will be the, the poster child for personalized medicine. Um, because of all the different um, 
approaches that need to be taken and the way that the, that the patients have to be identified um, for best fits with clinical trials and clinical treatment. I agree with that completely. And, 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 and boy, if only I would have listened more closely to what my patients were telling me, because what they read in, in, you know, the, the public literature on diabetes, it doesn't sound like them. And they're right. It, it isn't you. This is, a, it's a mix. And there have been so many changes. I, 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 when I teach medical students, I'm saying, listen, what I learned during medical school about type 1 diabetes uh, uh, was, is all wrong. It is such an enormous change in, in our appreciation of what's really happening. And I'm still learning that uh, it is not too surprising that uh, the, uh, we have not been fantastically successful. But looking back at all those trials that are often dismissed as failing, there is always a group of patients with a benefit. And we should revisit those patients, understand why these patients had a benefit and others do not. In cancer, if you, if you uh, uh, keep 10% of your melanoma patients alive with new therapy, it is eureka. You get a big splash in, 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 in the world, and, and, and rightfully so. In diabetes, if only 10% had an effect, we say, ah, it failed. That's wrong. If you are that 10%, your life is changing. So yeah. we need to really learn more from our patients and listen to them. Listen what they're saying. Look, listen to their experiences. Many patients, when I kind of rediscovered that most people still make insulin, most patients said, yo, I knew that. Uh, you know what? And, and so, so th this is, again, a gentle reminder that in this, in this uh, war against diabetes, um, the patients are our strongest allies and, and they have lots for us to learn. So th that yeah. to me is also something that is becoming very clear. I agree with that. And I would also give a shout out to our friends in Boston at T1D Exchange who are actually interfacing with the patient community and trying to gather their uh, information in hopes of um, creating better treatment models for the disease. So, you know, that's an excellent way to try to get that feedback. I think... Um, I, I, we're just so excited about what you're doing. And I would also just say a uh, shout out to young scientists that there's still so much to be done. City of Hope is an incredible place to work and learn and, um, you know, kind of cut on the cutting edge. I mean, if you want to, you know, is there anything you'd like to say to a young scientist about Absolutely. whether or not they should uh, jump into this field? It's not over, anybody, anybody that wants to join this mission, uh, please join us and what is interesting in that regard and i'm actually very proud of that some of the smartest students who happen also to have type 1 diabetes are part of my team and, and these people know exactly where they need to be right i mean I, I never underestimate that so the fact that they are joining me means so much more to me because uh, that's the best proof that they think we're onto something and, and, and that's not, uh, is, is not yet, yet another distraction. So yes, please join. And, 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 and um, we have vacancies. Uh, there is a lot happening. We have newer trials lining up and I'm delighted, Monica, to discuss those in the future. But I think we already have quite a, quite a few messages uh, today. But uh, the fact that we, we get it and we have more to translate from cancer to reverse and use in our advantage in type one diabetes that, that uh, I cannot wait to interview you and have you join my team. 
Yes. Well, that sounds fantastic. That's a shout out to all our listeners, uh, many of who are young scientists starting their career. So um, feel free to reach out um, to uh, Bart Rope. He's also um, a member on our uh, TSS website, so you can use our intranet to connect him there. Uh, and thank you again for talking to us and updating us to the progress, which is uh, fantastic at City of Hope here in Los Angeles. And uh, made so uh, available um, to the community uh, by the Wanak family. So thank you again. My pleasure. And thank you for providing this unique platform, Monica. I'm, an, uh, I'm a proud member uh, of, of your, uh, your platform and um, I, I love what you do. And anything I can do to, uh, to support our shared mission. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day.